0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
1: Good morning, everybody. Four minutes
2: after the hour of 10 o'clock. And if you want to, you can hang around with us until noon. We're going to talk about cars and boats and motorhomes and tires and oil, spark plugs. My car does this. My husband said that. uh, Tire inflation, blah, blah, blah. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Spent the morning this morning with the Gila County Sheriff's um, uh, Rescue Squad. And during that period of time, I was looking at a trailer that was pretty loaded. And and I'm really good at uh, automotive stuff, I think, or I've been told. So I... During one of the breaks, I just kind of wandered over to the truck, and I looked, and I saw the the thing axle 3,500. What I didn't see was there's a second axle for 3,500. So the gross vehicle weight of this trailer cannot exceed 7,500 pounds. So I looked at the tires, and each one of the tires, the maximum load you could put on each one of those tires, guess, 3,500. So... This trailer has seven thousand seven thousand pounds of load on four tires that can carry seven thousand pounds, but I talked to the driver of the trailer, and I said, "You know you're kind you, you need to weigh it to see where you're at because you've got seven thousand pounds of tires, and if you only weigh six thousand pounds loaded up with all your water and your rescue gear and all that stuff, then you're good even if you put in another thousand pounds as long as you don't exceed seven thousand pounds." That's the most important part. So you think about that with respect to, I see a lot of times a 10,000-pound trailer with 8,000 pounds of tires underneath it. So if he's got a full tank of water, he's got all of his wife's beer and wine, he's got all the stuff for a two-week voyage somewhere, there's a good chance, and especially in the summertime in Arizona, there's a good chance He's going to have a tire problem, and of course he's going to blame it on everybody and their mother and how cheap the tires are and all that kind of stuff. But when I look at the tire, I see it's all blistered. <laughs> I see that the, the glue has come apart. <laughs> and I look at this and I go, "This is your fault, buddy. You got this tire hot, and it was, and the and the two front tires are a lot hotter than the back two tires. And what that means is the tongue of the trailer is too low. So the trailer, need, the tongue needs to be risen it needs to be lifted two or three or four inches until the trailers level and and then that way well, you will distribute the weight of the trailer equally over um, four tires now if the tongues too high think about it. if the tongue is too high so the front of the trailer is skyward in an exaggerated way it's going to overload the back axle that's kinda how it works so ladies if you've been involved with traveling with trailers and your husband's had a significant amount of tire problems of which he blames on the brand (laughs) which is what I always hear then ladies um, just have him stop by a discount tire and say what's the gross load of the trailer because I'm getting ready to take a trip and it's exactly the way it's going to be when I tow it to New Orleans what's the gross vehicle weight of the trailer and tell me if your tires will carry that weight So that gives you peace of mind. And you never go wrong because you always run the tires at maximum inflation that's written on the side of the tire. Maximum inflation, 35. Maximum inflation, 42, 45, 50, 60, even 80. But it'll be written on the tire. A tire that's run at maximum inflation is not going to heat up. The glue comes apart at 200. Okay? You can't afford to get anywhere close to two hundred. And most of the times when the tire sidewall is blistered and that half the treads off of it, the tire was burnt to death. The tire came apart because of the tremendous heat. So we go look at the opposite side tire, whether it's on a motor vehicle or a trailer, and we find it's got heat damage, but the two front tires look brand new. Well, the tongue of the trailer was too high. The front of the trailer was too high, which overloaded the back axle of the two. Cause that's how it kind of works. Uh, while we're t- and 602 and six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Oh, we have a caller, so we'll just go right there. Gil, who might that be? Say good morning to Tom. Tom, good morning. How can I help you?
3: Good morning to you. got a uh, 15 Dodge Journey. I've got 90,000 miles on it, but I want to change my plugs and the coils I've got one bad coil. Do I need to change all of them?
2: No, I wouldn't. If you came into my shop, I would say, no, I don't want to do all of them, and I want to verify your problem, so I'm going to put it on the engine analyzer, and I'm going to load it, put it in drive, and hold my foot on the brake, and I'm going to get it to da-da-da, and miss and stuff. And then I, it's, I'm going to throw a code, and then if I'm if they're easy to get to, I'm going to swap four with five and see if the problem moves, and if the problem moves, I'm home free. So that's the diagnostic yeah. process. Do you have a code? Yeah,
3: and, and I got the code, and it's been identified as the number four. Okay. If missing. you want to
2: make sure that it's, it's number four and not the spark plug or not a lean condition or not anything else, swap four with five or swap four with three. See if the problem moves. If it does okay. move, then you're right. You've got a coil issue.
3: Well is it but once you get that off to change a plug, might as well change all the plugs and, and just replace the one coil and find it or swap you, the coil. You can do that. Do anything. I,
2: I don't I here's what I think. I've been working on cars since nineteen sixty eight. I've owned my own shop since nineteen seventy seventy two. Yeah, seventy two. Um that's that's an effort of to get into a a comfort zone. And that's an effort that my car will love me more. And depending on the mileage, and how much has the journey got on it? How many miles? 90. Okay. And and those are the original spark plugs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's time. Your car's been around the world four times, 100,000 miles, 25,000 miles around the girth of the earth. So at 90, I agree. I'd get a tube of dielectric grease. I would twist the boots and gently take them off keep track of where they go, mm-hmm. change the spark mm-hmm. plug, gap them appropriately, put them in, and then when you put the boot, you just take this little le- dielectric and you put about half as much as you do on your toothpaste or on your toothbrush, and it won't be as fat as your toothbrush, so you just put some on there, and then when you put the, slide the boot on, turn it left and right and snap it on, and now you'll have no problem getting the boots off next time.
3: Okay, well, these have the, the uh, insert, and you got to pull off the cover there and and they've got the coils on a long stem that go yeah. down into the engine. Yeah.
2: Okay. It's it's That's okay. Um it's you're pulling the cover off and it's just covering the spark plugs and they want it to look pretty and and now you're not going to carry a bunch of dust inside there. You're not going to have any water from a rainstorm so the cover's supposed to keep the ignition dry, but your car will not okay. be a submarine. So don't go don't go across the river thinking that you're dry okay. enough to do that. All righty?
3: Okay, thanks very much. Oh, you're, welcome. Right. you're
2: welcome. You're welcome. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty um one of the things that that i well, let me just tell you what happened. A guy took issue with something I said on the last radio show, and he wrote a nice letter to me, a nice email to me and um well, I'll say it's nice, there was some portion of it that wadded my panties up, but that's okay, and he took issue with you say. That when the shop when you use synthetic oil, the shop may call you back at five, six, seven thousand miles, and you don't agree with that. And then you say, you look, you you decide what to do. And in my shop, if you get synthetic oil, depending on how many miles you got on it, we're going to put the sticker at ten to twelve thousand miles. And if it's a new car, we're going to go to fifteen or what the owner's manual says. And that's the third option. One, you can ask the shop what to put in it, and, and there's a lot of shops that will tell you exactly what you should do, but there's a whole lot of shops that are going to call you back at 8,000 miles, and those spark plugs are designed to go 15, probably, depending on brand. So the, it's it's in their best interest to call you back at 8, because they can change the spark plugs again and make more money. So your owner's manual is the Bible for your car, and if the owner's manual says if you use synthetic oil, they want you to change it at 10,000 miles, then change it to 10,000 miles. And tell whoever does your oil change, put the door sticker at 10,000 miles over this. Here's the third part. I run fifteen sixteen thousand 16,000 miles. First of all, my Dodge diesel truck holds a lot more oil than your Hondas. Okay? Number two, I'm running up and down the mountain and sometimes with the trailers. So there's not going to be a lot of moisture in my oil because I'm running hot with a trailer or a trailer full of horses. So water boils at 212 and I'm running at 220 and I don't care. 220 is normal accepted engine temperature but at 220 we're boiling the oil or boiling the water out of the oil and then the PCV valve positive crankcase ventilator or positive crankcase ventilation the PCV valve is going to suck the moisture out of the engine from the oil. So because I'm highway miles and I got 168,000 miles on a Dodge one-ton dually. 100 and it's a 12, by the way, a 2012. So it's 13 years old, and I got 168,000 miles on it. I run an oil analysis every once in a while, and I'm looking for growth of different kinds of metals. Um, and there's five or six different kinds of metals. I'm looking at water. So when I run an oil analysis, it tells me everything I need to know. If i got a bunch of brass in there, something's coming apart. If nothing's in there other than normal water and normal um, detergent, then we're done and and, and everything is fine. So I understand that he was trying to draw a picture that I was was hypocritical, but let me just tell you again. Typically, the shop's um, oil change interval will conflict what your owner's manual says. Your owner's manual is the Bible certainly a synthetic oil on any kind of car is going to be between 10 and 12,000 miles. The reason I run 15, 16,000 miles is because I hold a lot of oil. I think it's six or eight quarts of oil. Number two, I'm running my truck kind of tough, but the oil has nothing to do with that, and I'm not gathering up water because my engine temperature is at 220. That's how it works. On the other hand, if you're Grandma Moses and you just drive to the liquor store, I'm teasing you now, drive to the liquor store once a week and you go to the post office you know three times a week and you go here and you go there and it's all short trips if your mileage in your moaner's manual says five I'd be at five or maybe I'd be at four because you never warm up the engine you never boil the water out of it all you're doing is driving from point A to point B and that's two to to ten miles and so I'm gonna put your oil change a little earlier because I know you're never gonna get rid of the water in your oil and I know that that's an opportunity for me to look your car over. Now if you do like me and you you do 12, 15, 16,000 miles, you also have a responsibility in that period of time to check your tires, check your other fluids, and so forth because that's what's done in an oil change. We check tires, belts, hoses, and fluids and we look for obvious things that are going to break you down. So there is an inspection and there is a benefit so if you're if you're older and you have a car that you put you know, 5,000 miles a year, then I think you take it in once a year and make sure they check the fluids, the belts, and the hoses. That's all. And, and if it's only 3,000 miles, I don't care. If you're supposed to use a semi-synthetic and you can go to 5,000 miles, I don't care. I think 3,000 is appropriate for you. Let me open it up. 3 to 5,000. That's how it goes. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. We have 5. 602-508-0960. And I'll be right back.
5: SkyRizzy, you could achieve
1: 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZI to learn more.
0: The Seth Leibson Show.
3: It's a serious point what we are being asked to change here, what we are asked to do with these neologistic concepts of the spoken word. The idea that man, as we learn from Aristotle, is distinct from animals because of the gift of language and the gift of reason. Once we lose one, we lose the other. We lose language, we lose reason. Now think about, you can change the meaning of almost anything. Afghanistan was an extraordinary success. The border is secure. Vaccines prevent illness and death. Speech is violence. Violence can be mostly peaceful. Peacefully and patriotically marching is insurrection. Gender affirming is really sex changing. Color blindness is racism. Discrimination can be anti-racism. And voter suppression. That means more voters voting you can change the definition of nature when you change the whole concept of the distinction of male and female.
0: Weekdays 3 to 6 right here on AM 960.
4: Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metaphysis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kid's love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad.
0: You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids in the Ad Council.
1: The following is an urgent message from federal law enforcement. Drug cartels are now targeting children by distributing rainbow-colored fentanyl pills, powders, and blocks resembling candy and chalk. Regardless of shape or color, Just two milligrams of fentanyl can kill. Learn more about how one pill can kill at onepillkilled.org. Talk to your kids today about the dangers and deadly effects of fentanyl.
6: Welcome back, everybody.
2: 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and you're welcome to join us. The phone number is 602-508-0960, 602 508 And ladies, if you want to call in, it starts like this. My husband says this, but my dad says this. (laughs) Or you can say, my brother says this, but my manual says that. And then we're going to talk about the environment and how you drive. And do you drive short trips? And I'm just teasing you now. Short trips to the liquor store and back, <laughs> or do you? is your church clear across town? Or do you go to Prescott every once in a while to play golf? Those are the kinds of things that make everything kind of variable. Now, we work on lots and lots of cars. And each one of them, we can look at the odometer and we can look at the condition of the car. And we kind of know how the car is used. So if the car comes in and it's a 16-year, 18-year-old young man that just started driving, then the back tires, or the front tires in a front-wheel drive case, the back tires are going to be considerably less traction and tread than the front tires. And we're going to also know that this thing got into its heat cycle kind of early because you can imagine, as we imagine, that young men that get a car at 16, 17 years old are going to run it kind of hard, and that's okay. We just, getting up to temperature is fine. There's lots of folks and lots more guys, old guys, like me, old guys, that think, you know, I want my car to run at 180. That's just a bad deal. Your engine will love you if you get the oil temperature somewhere close to 200 or 220. It's okay. The oil is designed for those kinds of temperatures. Let me give you an example oil turns to a tar, a conventional oil turns to tar about 300 degrees a semi-synthetic dependent on the percentage of of, of conventional oil and semi-synthetic oil or the other way around conventional oil and synthetic oil if it's an 80-20 or if it's a 50-50 then we're going to go up to about 250 and the synthetic oil is going to turn to a tar at 500. See the difference? So a synthetic oil, if you're 10 miles away from where you want to go, the engine starts heating up and it's running 240-250 but the needle's not in the red zone and you decide to drive another 12 miles to where you're going and it doesn't get into the red zone which means stop. You're okay with synthetic. It's going to be kind of dicey with conventional or semi-synthetic but with synthetic you're home free. So those are the kinds of things that we talk about a lot. Those are the kind of phone calls that we have. We also have lots of emails, and the most fun is is, you know my husband says this, and my dad says that <laughs> those, those are just kind of easy to handle, just so that you know a little bit about my background. Um, um, I graduated high school in in uh, the seventies, and I became a policeman in Scottsdale for about six years, and then I left and opened up a mobile station, I think in 1979 so I've been in the business, the car repair business, since 1979. However, you got to give me credit from 1968 to 1972. For this reason, I worked at Ken's Broadway Show at Broadway and Priest when I was in high school. Ken was actually from Douglas, Arizona, which was where I I was born, and Ken knew my family, so he hired me, and I worked after school. So I went to school till about two o'clock, and Mom would let me work till eight or ten and that's about it. On weekends, I'd go to midnight, and that's okay. And then, you know, I moved up, and I was patching tires and doing oil changes. Now, Ken taught me a lot, but about 10% of what he taught me was bad. (laughs) And it had to do with a variety of things involved in the car and personal life and all that kind of stuff. However, I learned a lot from him, and I learned how to be fair to the customer, and I learned how to tell him the truth, And I learned that sometimes you have to tell the customer, we need to wait until this gets worse and easier to find. Or say to the customer, between now and the beginning of the summer, you need fan belts. And he taught me that. And I was always grateful for that. Ken never sold something that wasn't right, as far as I was concerned. But we also only had conventional oil back then, so everybody came in for 3,000 miles. That's all it was. 6025080960. 6025080960. We have five lines. You're sure to get one if you want one. And you can ask questions, or you can say, this is what my husband said, this is what my dad said. Or you can say, which car do you like I want to buy a new car? Which one do you like? Which truck do you like? That kind of stuff. If you have a motorhome, I've been motorhoming since 1976. And so my first uh, motorhome was a Winnebago Brave. And Renee and I are still motor homing now. I know a lot about tire wear, I know a lot about tire inflation, I know a lot about generators, I know a lot about wheel bearings, all that kind of stuff. So if you have any questions on a motorhome, especially wives, my husband says <laughs> and he goes on from there. My husband runs the generator um when we're driving, and he says it charges the battery. And my question is is well, what kind of electrical stuff is on? Are the kids in the back and they're watching TV and they're listening to music? I mean, what kind of electrical consumption? No, none. He drives and I sit next to him. Well, he's wasting a lot of gas and he doesn't need the generator on because that motorhome's probably got an 80 to 120 amp alternator. And if that alternator were to stick or the regulator were to stick, it'd cook the batteries. So there's no real benefit other than peace of mind that you know you're going to char- have fully charged batteries. But all he needs is a voltmeter. So he checks the voltmeter when he- before he leaves, and the battery is 12.8. And every time he stops, the battery needs to be 12.8 to 13 volts. Then he knows everything is fine. is the floor. Your starter doesn't work below 9.6. So when you're driving around and you check the battery and it's got 11 volts in it and you've been on the road for two hours, there's a problem. You need to handle that. But at 9.6, God makes the decision for you. And that car, this is what happens when you turn the key. It's going to go click, 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 click. And all of us have heard that noise. That's low voltage. The starter's not going to work. And you're stuck where you're at. So there's lots of different stuff like that. But we have a caller. And who might that be, Gil? Hello to Harold. Harold, good morning.
3: Uh, Hi, Mark. Hey, listen. Um, I was listening to the news the other night, and I heard something which I thought was extremely odd, that uh, some of the new car makers are proposing to not include AM, FM radios anymore. Have you heard anything about this? And if so, what's going on here?
2: Well, everybody has a phone, and there's Wi-Fi everywhere. And everybody's phone is filled with the music that they like. And there's not a lot of income stream from the media for your car anymore. Because I don't pay for it. But a lot of times my radio's off because I have other people in the car. So, you know, we're going to church, or we got the kids. We're doing something that the radio is inappropriate. In addition to that, there is going to be a time where AM radio goes away. There's just not that much going on in radio. AM radio is not going to last, and I don't know till when. I don't know. And I also know that the umbrella for AM radio is much different than the umbrella for FM. And I think you'll agree that many of the newer model cars have a USB port on the dashboard where you take a thumb drive, you load all the music you like, and you plug it in, and now you listen to your own music. The The problem I see is, if you're going to do away with the radio, are you going to do away with the speakers and the equalizer too? So I can just put my own in there, and then I can listen to music? Or are you going to take the AM and FM radio out, and you're going to take the speakers out of the car, and you're going to leave me with the shell for in their entertainment. Those are the yeah, kinds of questions another, I have.
3: Another concern was is that uh, isn't AM radio set up to give emergency alerts yes. for different things?
2: Yes. However, your phone is too. So many of us have that door open, and I got a a thing this morning about, uh, I'm up here in Payson right now, and I got a thing this morning uh, about that there was something at the river, and something happened, I didn't really read it, because it's a long way away from me, it wasn't the boogeyman was loose, it wasn't there was a dog in my neighborhood biting horses, none of that happened. So yes, you're right, but again, Everybody has a phone, and when they have a phone, they can open it up and get that. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and we'll be back.
0: Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7.
3: This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, William Wolfe will interview attorney Farley Weiss to discuss Israel's legitimate claim as a Jewish state historically, politically, legally, and morally. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. This
5: is the story of a very special woman. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom.
4: Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails
3: in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital.
6: Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits.
4: I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant it's- on my chest, a little whistle sound comes out when I
6: breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call one 866 no That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many.
4: I feel like a fish with no water.
6: Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station.
4: Dad!
5: Come on! Over here! Look at
4: this, Dad! Over! Whoa! The moment my son saw a redwood tree... It's huge! ...is the moment I knew that for him... You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit.
1: There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, biking, fishing, or camping. Or do your own thing when you get there with family and friends. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Org.
0: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
5: My early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. But it gave my mom and me more time to plan. Together. Talk to your family about seeing a doctor. Go to alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association
1: and the Ad Council.
3: All about that day everybody, 34
2: minutes after you yeah, have 10 o'clock. Gil and I were talking during the break, and Gil is the engineer that runs our show. He's the one that makes sure that I hit all my marks. For instance, just so you know, I'm, I go on the air about 6, 8 after, and then I'm supposed to break at 17:30 30 on the button, not 30 minutes and 60 seconds or 40 seconds. It's 30 on the button. Then 40 is kind of floating out there, so if I hit it anywhere from 38 to 42, Gil can handle that. But I'm out at 58.50, no doubt about it. My last word has to be a second before 58.50. I've been doing radio for a long time, so I know how to do that, and Gil knows how to deal with me. <laughs> but we were talking about you know AM and FM gone. Um, that if if we took out the commercials and we just played music, we would we would gain about 12 minutes, and 12 minutes out of the hour because that's how much the breaks are and some commercials is about 12 minutes. And a lot of that is PSAs, public service announcements, and so those are no-income kind of stuff. So this big business dilemma is out of my hands, but those are the things that uh, I'm sure they're thinking about. Jim, good morning to you. How can I help you?
3: Hi, thanks for taking my call. I have a 2014 Ram 1500 uh, with the 5.7 liter Hemi, and I tow a trailer about 5,500 pounds. So here's the the question. You've you've talked about this before, but in a little different context. What you said on the air before is that in most cases, uh, premium gasoline really has no value. It's the engine is able to compensate for it for the different octane so i'm going to tow this so usually what what's recommended for my truck is a mid-grade and i'm driving to idaho and they don't you know their standard isn't even 87 it's 85 so uh and performance is some concern right driving up hills so what yeah. would be your comments in terms of use of fuel uh towing a vehicle and then going up to those states that have a lower octane because of the higher elevation.
2: Well I'll do the octane first. Um, you can always go from an 84 to an 86 or an 86 to an 80 and if octane's important then go ahead and do it. But here's the deal. Your engine and everything else since the last 20 years there is a knock sensor and, a, and, and pinging is the pre-ignition of fuel. So something is hot inside the cylinder and it's, it, it's hot enough to explode the gas, and then two or three millionths of a second later, the spark plug fires. That's called pre-ignition. Everybody knows it as pinging. So you're pinging as you drive up a hill. Your truck's never going to ping because it's got a knock sensor in it, and the computer can think faster than you and I can. And as soon as the t- computer des- detects that there's someone hitting the ha- the block with a hammer, it looks at the timing and it retards it. That fast. So it'll knock one degree, and if it doesn't go away, it'll knock two degrees. You'll never know that happens. Never know that happens. Let me change your question. How many cars in your fleet, Mark? Thirteen. How many of them you put super in? One. (laughs) What is that? A twin-turbo Corvette. How about your truck? No, it's a diesel. How about your wife's car? It's a diesel. Um, What about your kids' cars? Their gas. What are you using them? The cheapest gas we can find. So on your trip, if you want to hang around regular, you're probably gonna hang around eighty six or eighty-eight octane. But here's my bet. How much is your trailer weigh? Five thousand?
3: Uh about about fifty five hundred.
2: Okay, that's fair enough. It's not a big trailer. So I doubt you're gonna ping it all. And I bet you hunt no, I'll bet you, I'll bet you ten bucks that you're never gonna hear it rattle. Never, ever. Unless the check engine lights on, that means there's a problem. I bet you can climb hills, throttle to the floor, and you'll never hear that ping, because the computer can think faster than you can. So the computer will immediately drop a degree, then a drop another degree, then drop until the ping goes away. And it's called a knock sensor pinging, and and the engine knocking is the same doggone thing. So in your particular case, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd get the cheapest gas, but I'd try to hang around that mid-grade, be uh, the the regular gas. It is true that really cheap regular gas will ping a lot of cars not the computer operated cars but a lot of carbureted cars you don't have any of that you have fuel injection you have a computer running every aspect of the spark and the fuel and the air that your motor is going to inhale so you know i i my wife um, and my kids um I just tell them, buy the cheapest gas. You can find them. I, again, my wife drives a diesel, so there is no octane in diesel. But all the kids and grandkids and stuff, they know what Papa thinks. Buy the cheapest gas. So, be any,
3: so the ahead. pinging, will there be any performance difference towing up a big
2: climb? You know, or I want to tell you, yeah, there go. will be a difference in performance. But there's ah. no damn way in the world you're going to know it. There's okay. just no way. No way you're going to know it, and it's that's gonna be all So two. small is what you're it, saying. It's 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 almost immeasurable. So if you throttle it up, and let's say you're going up a pretty steep hill, and let's say it's a straight, and so you put it to the floor. That's the maximum amount of fuel that you can give that engine. Rich eliminates pinging. Rich fuel, lots of fuel in the combustion chamber, eliminates pinging. And lower temperatures. So if you're running two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty, it might ping on you. But you're not going to be. You're going to run one hundred and ninety to two hundred and twenty. So you'll be fine. But in the Corvette, um, there's a little, there's an obvious difference between cheap regular and high performance super. But if when and when you're doing that, you're breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so yeah. if you drive it normally, you'll never know. So anyway, Jim, good luck to you. And, and, and the only other advice I have is run your trailer tires at maximum inflation that's written on the side. I don't care what the trailer manufacturer says. Run the maximum inflation and make sure that you have a temperature gun. And then you can check both axles for tire temperature. And if, if the front tires are hotter, you need to raise the tongue of your trailer a little bit. And if the back tires are hotter, you need to drop the tongue a little bit. And we all have adjustable uh, hitches, and so that's easy. Six oh two five oh eight. There's five lines available, and we'll be right back.
5: Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? Uh,
0: about three years now. Isn't
5: it hard to make money with the price of gas being so high?
0: Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy when you fill up at stations like Circle K. Wait,
5: are you saying you get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app?
0: Yes, I get real cash
5: back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 to 300 dollars Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now.
0: Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas from participating stations like Circle K. Use promo code SNAP for an extra 50 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SNAP for a 50 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SNAP.
5: Hey, kids, let mom help with your science project. This
4: new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985.
5: A metathesis reaction?
4: Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for their mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad.
0: You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids and the Ad Council.
5: This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is she could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces. Just by giving her a bear hug, she masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom.
4: Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you prevent wildfires. Dude, I've got this. I've been camping since I was five years old. But I am a camping influencer. You know what, I'll bet you five bucks. Assistant Smokey, what is the best way to put out a campfire?
5: To put out a campfire, drown with water, stir, drown again, then make sure the fire is out cold by feeling with the back of your hand. Wait, really? I'll take the five bucks.
0: Learn more at SmokyBear.com.
5: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Let me take care of a couple of business here, and then we're going to go to Mike. So, Mike, you hang on. Action Auto Repairs at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since 1983. When I first met Tom, he was selling very expensive diagnostic equipment to the automotive industry and I was at the time was running a, a, a mobile gas station. So Tom and I became friends. He went into the business like I did in 1983, well I was already there, but in 1983 he's been in Deer Valley in North Phoenix and he's honest, he's dependable. I like Tom. I've never had a complaint about him as I talk about his shop. So Action Auto Repair is on I-17 northwest corner. I-17 northwest corner. If you live in that area and you don't have a garage, he has ASC Master Certified Technicians. There's management team that's going to take good care of you. But they're not afraid to say you're wrong, but they're going to give you a fair shake. And if you're a customer and your complaint's about ten bucks, you're going to get the ten dollars. So Action Auto Repair good place to go if you live in that area. Mike, how can I help you?
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I have a 2015 Honda Pilot, and my concern is um, every time I go into the repair shop, like this last week, I went into two different repair shops, and I ended up spending around $5,000. First time, you know, I went in for an oil change, then they said I needed a brake flush, so I bought that. And then they uh, noticed my shocks were bad, so I had to replace those. And then they thought my uh, transmission was going out. So they said it was going to take 10 days, and I said I don't have 10 days to without a vehicle. So I took it to the Hyundai dealer, and they ended up replacing something called the torque converter. And then they had to replace the... Um, uh, what do you call it? The um, axles, the front axles, they said those were bad. They was not sure how that happened, but those went bad. And then I've had to replace the rack and pinion a couple of years ago twice, and I've replaced the timing belt and the serpentine belt and all those things. Okay, my question well, hold
2: on, hold on, hold on. How many miles have you got on this?
6: I have 100,000. I just went over 100,000 miles, and my question is. Is it time to invest in a new vehicle, or should I just keep repairing all this stuff that's happening to my car?
2: It's time to find a new shop. That's what it's time to do. Okay. Cut and dried, it's time to find a new shop. What you're describing here is I took it in, and they say the transmission's going out. Sometime later, somebody replaced only the torque converter the difference between the two is two thousand dollars versus six hundred big deal there then somebody wants to do R&R axles I'm not gonna ask you if you had any symptoms because I know you don't but axles cause clicking noise axles cause vibrations no clicking noise no vibrations goodbye now you got me all wound up my underwear is in places it shouldn't be then you have got a rack and pinion you know I replace We have a 20-bay shop. We are booked a week in advance. I have some of the finest technicians I've ever had and we don't do racks until 80 to 100,000 miles and the symptoms are easy. It's leaking oil, power steering fluid, or when you turn left and right there's a click. That's it. You know left and right click and the oil doesn't look like burnt oil and it looks cherry red or it's clear. We're done. And then you talk about a timing belt at 100K, you're due for that. So between 90 and 110, yeah, we need to do the timing belt. But what's happening here is they're seeing you coming. The technician is looking over your car, and he's telling his service rider that you need all this stuff. But you need to look in your owner's manual more often and see what the time, the time is for brake fluid. Brake fluid is 100,000 mile, but we have equipment to test the brake fluid for moisture. And if it's over the red line on your test, then yes, you need to have a brake fluid flush. They didn't do that because if they would have, they'd have showed you. So, you, I mean, you got me all wound up already. But it's it's what you have at 100,000 miles or less is not normal. And so you need to hang your hat on a shop. What part of town do you live in?
6: I live in the west part, the northwest part of Piperia.
2: Okay. Well, Automotive automotive Dynamics is on the north side of Grand just west of 99th Avenue. I've known Chuck Knighty since 1968. Chuck knows the difference between right or wrong. He's not going to pay his technicians to pull your pants down every time you come in. He's not going to put up with that either. They know what your owner's manual is, but you need to know what the intervals are on your owner's manual. You need to pull out your owner's manual and say, wait a minute, you want to do brake fluid flush, but that's something that's called for at ninety to 100,000 miles, and my car has 70,000 miles. Why do you do that? Okay, um, Mr. Mike, come over here. I'm going to take brake fluid, and I'm going to put it in this little thing, and I'm going to put it on this thing, and I want you to look through this eye. You see the number there? Okay, here's brand-new brake fluid. I'm going to put brand-new brake fluid and see the difference? Well, there's a world of difference between those two readings Well, you're not supposed to be at 100. You're supposed to be at 40 or 50. That's the reason I want to flush your brake fluid. We have that equipment. It costs 20 bucks, and you can go brake fluid a litmus paper test, and so you can buy something from the auto parts store to test your brake fluid, and it gives you a pass fail. So, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at our industry because right now, the good shops are booked beyond belief, and the bad shops are um, got a uh, uh, $4.49 oil change. And I'm exaggerating because they want to bring ke- people in so they can uh, rip their head off with all kinds of automotive repair. And that's just the way it is. That's all there is to it. All righty. Well, good luck to you. Thank you very much for calling. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or you want somebody to break a tie, then I'm the guy. And I just made that up right there. Uh, Blackwell Auto is at 40th Street and Greenway. Tom is... Weird. (laughs) He's one of my best friends. (laughs) But he is so principled. He's not willing to bend a lot. It's his way or the highway, but I like that in him. I like it because when you face him or one of his staffers, they're telling you the truth, and they don't care what you think or what your dad said 25 years ago or what the other shop said. They don't care. And more than likely, they'll have your owner's manual in their hand anyway. So if you live near 40th Street and Greenway, Tom Blackwell, Blackwell Automotive, um, he's a good guy. Um, do we have anybody? Oh, we've got somebody on the line. Who might that be? I
6: knew what you were thinking, Mark. Say hello to Sue.
2: Sue, good morning. How can I help you?
6: Hi, Mark.
1: You're all wound up. So I have a I have a husband versus wife question, and I know how much I love those.
2: <laughs> Wait oh. a minute. Wait a minute. I'm siding with you. Uh, path of okay, least good. resistance. I'm siding with you. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so we're looking at replacing my husband's commuter Camry to something, you know, nicer. So he wants something with a manual. So he's talking about like a manual, maybe a newer Camaro, because his manual is, he wants to, quote, feel like he's driving. And, you know, back in the day, it was a different, better mileage, et cetera. But is that so much true? And what are your thoughts on manual versus automatic?
2: Nothing, nothing. The manual transmission service might be fifty bucks, and the automatic transmission service might be one hundred and fifty dollars. The manual, as long as your husband isn't out there driving the car like Rapid Roy, the race car boy, as long as he well, doesn't bang he, the he gears, goes,
1: he goes to the bowling alley, Mark. That's what he's okay. got. The bowling All right. alley and the grocery store. This is his life. <laughs> he's gonna,
2: he's gonna, and I like him already. He's gonna, he's <laughs> gonna. The transmission oil is gonna last in his, in that particular case, a hundred thousand miles. I don't even know if the clutch will last that as long as he doesn't ride it, and he pushes it in, shifts the car, and lets it go. A lot of guys right, keep their left foot on it, and, and they'll wear the clutch a little bit. No, I think it's an even call. The automatic transmission, properly serviced and not abused, will last 50,000 miles longer than that four-speed or that five-speed. Usually, we're going to do bearings in those automa- or the manual transmissions at about 100K, but keep in mind, 100K, 100,000 miles, is... Two times, four times around the girth of the Earth, because the equator—four times—I got to get my math right here. The, e- <laughs> right. the equator yeah. is—I think—I don't know—fifty thousand miles around. Twenty-five. I say it all the time, but you know, my mind just went You blank. do
1: say it all the time, I, yes, and I can't remember either.
2: <laughs> yeah. So whatever the equator is, um, that's a whole lot of miles, and people lose sight of that. And so someone will call me with the equator six zero two five zero eight zero nine six six zero two five zero eight. But you know how many years you've been married?
1: Oh, 30 some, whatever it is now. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Well, we you got math. a hard choice. <laughs> More math. Okay, you're going to drive the Camry, or you're going to replace the Camry. What are you going to drive?
1: Oh, I'm a minivan gal. I still I I replaced my old minivan with three hundred and three thousand miles on it. Thank you very much. Okay. With a newer one.
2: Okay, so. so you have a How new many minivan. Times is that? <laughs> okay? Yeah. If you have a new minivan, you know it's a it's a tough call. Um I'm not a marriage counselor, but I want to tell you this. <laughs> this is a no-lose situation. How old is your husband? 55
0: 6
2: Okay. Okay. You and I both know it's unlikely he's going to be out there drag racing from traffic lights. It's unlikely that he's going to be burning the tires. It's unlikely that he's going to bang first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear until he's at 100 miles an hour. You and I both know that. Now, maybe the grandsons will have it for an hour or something like that, but this transmission, based on your husband's age and his driving ability and what he's normally do, the manual will outlast the automatic. Um, The manual will be... Almost the same money as the, the transmission. If anything, it'll be a little less, and uh, okay. that's how that's how it goes. But I don't have anything against manuals. I have a manual Corvette, and and everybody—my wife, my daughter, my son—everybody loves to drive it. And um, and I, I don't know what to tell you. I I would grew up on manuals, on three on the tree as well as four on the floor. Sure. But, uh,
1: yes, I had a three on the tree. Well, it was my dad's yeah. truck, but I drew up that. Sure.
2: Yeah. When was the last traffic ticket your husband had?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't think he gets those because he's got, he's got some some
2: special thing in okay. his wallet. Well, that helps me determine whether he <laughs> deserves a four-speed or not. Because if he's Rapid Roy the race car boy and he's got tickets for speeding all the time, then we're contributing to that. You're contributing <laughs> no. to that, not me. <laughs> so I, I say it's no harm, no foul. Um, the, uh, the automatic and the standard, he picks what he wants. And if you got to pick the van, uh, now I've got my marriage counselor hat on, if you got to pick the van, then he gets to pick the car.
1: The van can load. You can put all kinds of stuff inside of a minivan. yeah You can help kids move and all that stuff. So. Right. Right,
2: right, yeah. and in his four speed, he can put it in high gear and get better fuel economy than your minivan.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, definitely. There's no doubt so, about that. All righty, well, that's my okay, two well, cents. We hope, you, hope you've moved on from your last call and that gentleman. Definitely finds a new shop because, my goodness, that's terrible. Uh,
2: our industry, you know, right now, what I don't understand is we are booked to the gills. We just, I mean, we're five to ten days out. Oh, and sure. even if you yeah. have an emergency, we're, and we've got cars in that have three, four, five, ten thousand $10,000 worth of work that need to be done with them because somebody overheated or it's got 100,000 miles, and it's due for everything. But right now, there's lots of shops out there that haven't developed a clientele that might be somewhat new, and they, they've they got a debt service, and they're selling everything but the kitchen sink, We see it all the time. Here's the deal. Your owner's manual is the Bible. So you you pull out your owner's manual and you say, okay, I know you said I needed spark plugs at 30,000 miles. Could you show me where that's? Can you look up spark plugs in the index and Mm -hmm. what does my manual say? Well, I don't know. I don't don't have time to do that. So you get home, open up your manual, and you have 100,000-mile spark plugs. You just know now don't go back to that place
6: because he's not got
2: your interest in front of his own. So, just right. stay away transmission okay. flush just about all the maintenance in your car is in your manual, and the manual's written for every- they'll say what's well, not written for Arizona well, that's bull oh yeah
1: I have heard that from an oil change place before, and yeah. I have not returned there,
2: yeah, yeah, so yes. you say I to him, him you know, That's
1: what's nonsense th- I don't want to hear that.
2: What's the difference between Arizona and New York or Minnesota and New, and Arizona or North Dakota and Arizona? Is there a VIN number change where it says, you know, uh, and what, what is it that's the difference? And if this is something you need, then what's the alternative for my aunt in Kentucky or my aunt in North Dakota? And you'll hear this. <laughs> that's what you're going to hear. So,
1: exactly. You bet. Are, I have called. I have called many a shop on that. Yes, sir.
2: Yep. All righty. Well, listen, Sue. Thank okay. you very much. Tell your husband okay. the right. ten dollars he spent to me go on the on the manual transmission. Tell him to send it to me.
1: <laughs> Sounds All right. great. Th- All th- right. Thanks, Mark. Have a good rest of your day.
2: Thank you very much, ma'am. Kurt's Auto is up at I seventeen in Bell. He's got technicians that are really, really top-notch technicians on a 1 to 10 scale. They're 10s, especially his big dog technician, who I think is his son-in-law. So if you're up at I-17 in Bell and you don't already have a garage, and there's a lot of dealerships around there, then the independent garage of Kurtz Automotive is where I think you should go. First of all, the scruples and the rules, and and everybody understands that this is not a time to take advantage of our customers. This is not a time to sell them something we can't defend. This is not the time to sell them something at 30 when they know automatically that the manual is going to say 90. This is not the time. Let's just address the customer's needs and get the heck out of there. And that's what Kurtz is all about. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. We have five lines open. Gil will be answering the phone. You can say hi to Gil. But I'd like very much if you'd do me a favor and that's be nice to Gill. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty